Good evening. Let's get started. Good evening. Good evening. Hey, Jen. Hey, Noam. How you doing? All right. It's uh, Wednesday night, and we're all crossed out. Uh, I yeah. Uh, in, a, in a sort of a short, shorter uh, interval between uh, the podcast and, uh, and this show, due to the uh, the holiday weekend, and so it feels like we were just doing this. Yeah, I've had to remind myself like all day yesterday that like. Okay, that was Tuesday, and reminding myself today, like, okay, today is Wednesday. We are doing call-in tonight, not tomorrow night. It's tonight. <laughs> it's we're 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 such uh, creatures of habit that because you were also like you were uh, recently in a different time zone, but like what you were like in a one hour away time zone, and it just screwed you completely up, right? You were just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> And it's like one hour, right? But I know it's, it's the same with uh, daylight saving time. But like, I'm always so cautious about that because I am so, so bad at that. Like whenever, like even back when I had my own podcast and I was like scheduling people to come onto the podcast, I always had to like ask like, okay, first of all, what time zone are you in? And then I would like quadruple check the time to make sure that it was like the correct time to tell them to be there and that I would be there at the right time. Cause I just, I suck at that. I really do. Like, I just, I'm suck at time zones. I, I, uh, I had to adjust. I, for the longest time, I teleworked for a place that was in Israel. And so at any given time, it, I actually got to the point where I knew like every hour, like every hour of the day in my brain automatically came with the other hour. It's hard to explain, but like I got, it got to the point where like I knew just by instinct what at well, you know what time it would be there just looking at the clock but um yeah it was uh that's a that's a that's a, di- a difficult thing to adjust to um anyway i think uh i think there's uh there's enough uh uh more lighthearted if you can call horrid racist attacks and <laughs> and stuff uh lighter yeah lighter <laughs> Uh, but I'm just saying like, we're, we can, we can take a break from the, the truly horrific, uh, events that, uh, have been going on lately and talk about something that even if it's bad, ma- definitely matters less, right? It's, it's insulting tweets that an actress got or insulting, I don't know, emails or whatever, definitely can be bad, but not on the same level of. Uh, some of the stuff we discussed on uh, on the podcast. Yeah, especially since Uvalde continues to continue its race to the bottom, but we can discuss that on Sunday. But tonight we can we can go back to discussing Obi Wan Kenobi and other <laughs> sorts of uh, non non consequential things, but things that are, I guess, not important per se, but I guess 
topics of conversation in the discourse. Yeah, I'll say, you know what, I'll, 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 I'll phrase it even differently. I think it is important, but I, but I think the, the way that they are handling it is exactly the wrong way. And that, that, and, and that's the thing that's important to discuss. I will get to that in a second because it kind of flows uh, naturally from what we're going to start with, which is uh, that it's June 1st, which is, uh, uh, what do you call it? Pride month? Is that what it's, it's Pride called? Month. Sorry, I wasn't, I can't, because some things are like awareness month and I was like, wait, is this LGBTQ awareness month? Is that what it's called? No, it's, it's Pride month. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, technically I think it is LGBTQ awareness month, but yeah, we just all call it Pride month because that's, before it was LGBTQ plus awareness month, it was just Pride month. Like yes, we're yes. using the original terms. A fair. And uh, which, you know what that means? Everybody's got to break out their corporate rainbow uh, uh, PR package. They got to dip into the, you know, I don't know if anybody here has worked in this field, but uh, if you're, you know, in social media or something like that, you will often have like a asset package. So it's all your like avatars, your banners and all of that stuff. And so, yeah, you, they all have like a subfolder in it. That says like <laughs> to use June first, and it's just a version of everything with uh, with the rainbows. And it is funny to see who gets in on the trend. And it is funny to see stuff like you know oil conglomerates. Or I thought the one that everybody was dunking on today was the Marines, the Marine Corps. <laughs> they did a like a, a they, full they metal jacket. Yes, they did. Well, yeah, they did the meme, but they. But I think they. I think the idea was to. To clown or to spoof off of the 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 cover for Full Metal Jacket, which is a you know a yeah. helmet, a picture of a helmet with with you know bullets stuck in it, and it says "Born to Kill" on it with like a peace sign. It's sort of the iconic poster for uh, for uh, for Full Metal Jacket. By the way, which is a fucked up movie about how the army's fucked up and war oh, is yeah. extremely. Not, not exactly, not exactly the thing I'd use as like a Marine Corps recruitment tool, but it's this helmet and the bullets are like uh, rainbow, they're all in like <laughs> rainbow colors, but it's, but they're not, it's like the, just the, just the, um, it's just the rounds themselves. The casings are all still like brass. And so I don't know if they do this in the U.S. military, but like in the Israeli military, that's how they color code, like a tracer will have like a red like literally the tip will be red or uh, like an armor piercer, the tip will be green. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if that's how they do that here too. And so someone was like, oh, let's just put like an armor piercer and incendiary uh, tracer. Uh, but like, and yes, as Jen said, they did the meme. Uh, I don't know if you know, but there's this meme. It's very funny where uh, it's like two sides, a side by side. And one side says conservatives and it's a B-52 dropping a ton of bombs and the other side says Democrats, and it's the same plane dropping bombs, but it has like a rainbow flag on it, and it says Black Lives Matter and whatever. But like, and they've uh, got like the new LGBTQ plus flag, which has like fourteen different colors on it now. I can't keep up anymore. I was clowning on. I was clowning on. I think it was the Nets, the New Jersey Nets, posted a thing uh -huh. which was which was it's supposed to be because I looked at it again. And what it is, is it's a montage of all the various identity flags. 
So it has the it has the pride flag. It has the asexual flag. Uh, oh, the Brooklyn Nets. Sorry, sorry. I to, yeah, I was about to say the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> <laughs> I just got I got a ch- I got a I got an angry te- I got an angry text from a listener <laughs> in real time. I got like, what the fuck, boomer? <laughs> the Washington Bullets. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Houston Astros myself. Anyway, it's the fucking it's like a montage of all of the flags. It's so you got your regular LGBTQ flag, then you got your asexual flag. You got your um and then you got your trans rights flag and then there's the one with the circle in the middle, the yellow with the purple circle which is um I, I don't know what these things mean anymore. I can't remember. But then I posted, did you see how I responded to it? I put I put the old TV test pattern up yes. and wrote like Happy Friday month. <laughs> yes, it's the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, but they moved. I it's not like I said it's not like I was totally wrong. I mean I did say like the Brooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> I did say like the Boston Browns. I didn't pick like a team from like nineteen twelve. It's like it's also weird because you know they uh, because you know some of the teams the uh, the name now doesn't make sense because like the Lakers used to come from the Great Lakes and like the yeah. Utah Jazz the Jazz the Jazz doesn't come from Utah right? yeah it came from St Louis right now the Lakers the, came from Utah yeah like, now the um, the Nets. It's just alliterative, the New Jersey Nets. Like that's a that's why I kind of remember it like that. Like the New York Knicks, it, it it's a it's an alliterative name. So yeah, I guess the Brooklyn. They don't they, 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 they don't just, identify as that anymore. They should have called them like the Brooklyn something, the Brooklyn Bombs, the Brooklyn. I mean, the, you know, the Brooklyn Bombers is something that they. Um, Exactly. Oh. Thing that already exists, but um, I was about to say that would piss off Yankees fans. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but but you could you could figure something out. The Brooklyn something. So I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I apologize to I apologize to Nets fans for miss uh, miss city miss citying them. Yeah, she mis- miscitied their name. Yes, yes. I, mislo- I mislocated them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I de- oh, I dead... I dead cityed them. But, um... Yeah, you know, she dead cityed them, yes, actually. But like, but, like, I mean, you know what? All kidding aside, look. On the one hand, this stuff is fine. Because there were some people who said, like... You're mocking this and all they're saying is like, you know, it's fine to be in the Marines if you're gay and whatever. But that's not and, – and yes, there are some people who do – there are some people who hate gay people or don't want, don't want gay people in the military or whatever and don't like the idea of gay pride at all. But there is a, a, a substantial number of people, many of them LGBTQ who think it's either cringe or a lot of them are also like leftists who are like anti-corporate, anti-capitalist and don't like the idea of some multinational conglomerate being like, hey, June 1st, rainbow, we love you. And it's just like it's it's criticism that comes from everyone. 
And on one level, like, I don't care. Like, okay, if Oreo wants to have, like, rainbow Oreos this month, like, I don't give a shit, whatever. But there was an article before this month talking about specifically about Hellman's mayonnaise and about how I think they're owned by Unilever, actually. The same, by the way, that's the same parent company that owns Ben and Jerry's. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Stepping on your point, but yeah, yeah them, them too. But mm-hmm. but there was a discussion of like whether the brands, I say that with air quotes, need to take stances on LGBTQ things or abortion rights or this or that or whatever. And I and we've mocked this before, where it's basically like the whole thing, like thanks mayonnaise, and and I even made a joke when that that article came out. I was like. Well, I, now I need to know, like, I, I use Dukes. To, to, what, what is their stance on LGBTQ rights? Because I need to make a chicken salad this weekend, and I need to know if I'm going to accidentally make a fashy chicken salad. Yeah, I have, a, but, I, have a tweet, I have a tweet from earlier this year that says, will my junior mints commit to fighting climate change? <laughs> Do my habanero almonds support abortion rights? Are my Twizzlers allies of queerness? <laughs> and like you think like oh ha ha but like that's literally what's going on i mean that's not that's not that's not even absurd anymore the idea that you would want to know that twizzlers is an ally of queerness like that's yeah they're actually people who are interested in this for real now like do you need to know if all of your People that provide you food are like allies in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Well, that's you were talking about Unilever and Unilever got in not trouble, but like uh, they got in like a a, a complicated situation due to Ben and Jerry's uh, decision to like boycott, uh, you know, uh, part, you know, whatever is parts of Israel, whatever. It's it's complicated. (laughs) But the idea was that like they have a deal with Unilever where they're allowed to. They're allowed to uh, have their own political yeah. stance or something like that. But then Israel was like, we don't give a shit. We're going to sanction Unilever in return. And Unilever <laughs> was like, yeah, but we have to let them do what they want politically. And Israel was like, so? That's not our problem. If you boycott Israel, we're going to fucking – we're going to sanction all your other sub-brands in, in retaliation. And so they got kind of screwed. And so it's interesting to see that they're uh, – this is something that they're dealing with like on a larger scale. I need to read that. Um, it's actually kind of, uh, it's actually kind of, uh, fascinating. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, the whole, you know, like, again, the whole like rainbow, rainbow corporatism that, that takes place, you know, while other awful things happen, you know, while Disney, kowtows to China, all these places have, you know, employ slave labor and are uh, anti-union and, I don't know, Blizzard, because places like Activision Blizzard, which have all kinds of horrible allegations of institutional uh, problems, will try to use that as a, as a cover. You know, they call it pink washing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is definitely like rainbow washing. I don't know how you want to call it. Um, to me, it's just cringe. And like you said, oh, thank you, mayonnaise. Yeah, I have this running bit where you say like, thanks, whatever. Thanks, cookie. Thanks, <laughs> toilet paper. Because it's like, it, you know, there's the meme, silence brand. That's a great, I love that meme. It's a very good meme because um, the paradigm 
in corporate social media now is voice. See, here's something I can actually talk about a little because I'm actually in, I, you know, I'm both sort of on social media as my own, but I also like to do this professionally. Uh, and so the zeitgeist now of sort of corporate social media is you need a voice. You need, it needs to feel like a person and not like a, like a brand. And that's yeah. why you see all these like Wendy's and uh, doing like the ubu to each other and like steak. And some of them are great. Like Steakums doing all kinds great. of like, yeah, me and Steakums and I had a whole thing, a whole <laughs> like, uh, we had a moment. Um, and steakums themselves are just great people that completely underrated frozen sheets of meats. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, Clint Olson in chat says, yeah. what the Skittles do during Pride? You ask, Skittles did a thing during Pride where they were like, oh, or was it? It was either during Pride or it was for like a Black Lives Matter type thing where they were like, oh, we're to show that we're all the same. We're going to remove all the colors and all the Skittles are going to be white. This is real. <laughs> this is not, I'm not kidding. Look this up. No. Look this up. The all white Skittles controversy. Uh, oh my God. Yes. Did nobody tell them? I uh, I mean, this, here, here we go. Oh yeah. White Skittles like, for Pride Month. This was in 2017. And that's what they did. Did nobody in the pitch meeting for this say, guys, maybe all white Skittles is not the message we want to be sending right now? It's it's just one of those you're like, you know, I, I, I honestly I don't I don't understand if they could make them like transparent somehow, then OK, then, yeah, that could have been whatever. But yeah, that was a, they should have just made them all like swirly colored. You know what I mean? Like all of them should have been multicolored or something like that. Why did they make them all white? Who <laughs> signed off on this? Well, because I, you know, I'll tell you, I think, I think I know why it's because that's the color of the candy. You know, if you put a Skittle in water, the color will like wash off and it'll be white. Yeah. And so they didn't. <laughs> think of it as white they thought of it as colorless but yeah that's a <laughs> just an amazing oh right as cjt rocker says and i'm also seeing this on google they actually did it again after having controversy in 2017 they actually did it again in 2020 and got the same shit and it says and it says so it's like a package. It's a Skittles package, and it's totally like gray. All the Skittles are kind of white gray, and it says only yeah. one rainbow matters during Pride on the thing. Come on. Just tell me that isn't cringe. Forget for a second politics or whatever. That's just like who who wants to – who looks at that and goes like, you know what? I'm going to buy me a Skittles. I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm sold. I mean, and why not lean into the fact that you're rainbow colored every damn day of the year? Like, lean into that part. Don't make them white. Like, well, it's a well. That's the thing. They 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 wanted some kind of gimmick. They wanted to they wanted to do something that would stand out. And they said, "Well, we're rainbow all of the year. So how are we going to virtue signal if literally our product's entire uh, entire existence is based around rainbows? How are we supposed to virtue signal on Pride Month? Oh, I know. Take the rainbow away. <laughs> that's like everything that's." <laughs> 
it's like it's like I'm just thinking about the I'm just thinking about the hungry for apples scene for Rick and Morty. And it just it's just Jerry Smith standing there and the placard says no rainbow question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody make that meme. (laughs) Um and uh, yeah, uh, what what were we we were gonna what were we gonna oh we were so on the topic of like corporate wokeness. This is sort of you know a similar topic that we were gonna discuss. It it it, it, it all kind of it's semi related, right? This uh, the new the newest mm-hmm. ra- uh, fan world fan geek fandom racial controversy. But not even really. I mean, well, look, we'll we'll okay, get we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, because <laughs> we'll we'll get to that in a second. Because yeah, we'll 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 get to that part. But the the story is this: it, it started even before the premiere of the of of the Obi Wan show. Uh, they um, there was a there was a um, a report before the show came out that Disney was preparing. Uh, what's her name? Moses Ingram. Is that her name? Yes. Uh, who was cast in this show as Revy or Rev, R- Riva, sorry, Riva, Riva, Riva yeah, who's Riva. like, uh, the inquisitor, uh, lady who is, uh, the, super kind of uh, obsessed. Yeah. yeah. Obsessed with, yeah. Like she's she, thus far, she's been essentially like the main villain of the, the show. Um, and there was a, there was an article that Disney sat, sat her down and prepared her for all of the racist abuse that she was going to get. Um, and lo and behold, that racist abuse materialized. I mean, she said on her Instagram, I think it was, shared some examples of racist things that were said to her. Uh, leading to uh, the Star Wars account doing a whole thing about racism. Ewan McGregor did a whole video saying, if you're a racist, you're not a Star Wars fan. I can't, I'm not, I'm not even going to try to <laughs> do his. Yeah, you're butchering it. <laughs> yes. Hello there, racists. <laughs> hello, racists. Yes, I've seen your comments on the social medias and yeah. I've missed the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording this in my car because clearly this is very important. I, he he. I mean, you're, that's that's a very interesting point, by the way. That he 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 probably like got off the phone with like Disney corporate like five minutes before. And by the way, I'm not questioning Ewan McGregor's sincerity. I'm sure that Ewan McGregor both hates racism and hates that this woman that he acted with and probably is friendly with uh, got shit racism like and that and and by the way he's right one thing all all of these people are right about is that it's really unfortunate that especially uh star wars but not only has become this place where uh it's actually risky to be cast in the fan scrutiny is so intense and it's so tied into culture war stuff that uh, yeah, it's like it's a it's a thing that it enters into your mind because if they say, "Oh, we're gonna cast you in a, a new Harry Potter movie," you don't have to go like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna get so much hate if this fails," because that's not what happens. But with Star Wars, if people are uh, displeased, 
then it's a big hoopla. Even if you don't get the kind of like racist abuse we're discussing here, it's a big deal. And you get dragged into the big deal of it. And here's the thing, though. And Kat Rosenfeld pointed this out, and it's correct. Like, this all started with the Black Stormtrooper. And and this is why I roll my eyes at this whole controversy. Anytime this comes up in pretty much anything that could be considered, quote, unquote, geek culture, there are writers in pop culture media who will literally go looking for, like, four tweets from, like, rando people saying some wild-ass shit and then build a whole story around that. Like, the Star Wars fandom is racist because these four rando people had something to say about Moses Ingram. And this, this to me, feels like Disney almost leaning in to that trend to create, like to create a specific controversy, to create sort of buzz around the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which is interesting because Ian Gregor in his video said that this show, and I was kind of surprised to hear this, was the biggest opening for any of the Star Wars shows on Disney+, Plus. which I thought this would be more of like an esoteric kind of nerdy sort of thing. No, that no, 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 you're actually wrong. <laughs> See, pre especially like prequel prequelism made a big comeback as people became disillusioned with the Star Wars sequels. Uh, people kind of went back and re fell in love with the prequels, and so people have been waiting to see you in McGregor and when and after Hayden Christensen was announced. So, uh, a thing that these are. Uh, all of these shows, all of these uh, these projects that they're doing now are giving a chance for some redemption for some people to like get a make good for because everybody loved Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan and felt like they got he got short, short, yeah. short drifted or whatever mm-hmm. and his relationship with Anakin. So I, and I said this uh, on the pod, right? I said if this fleshes out their relationship so that you care more when you watch the prequels then that's great. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you know where that's happening a little bit in, um, in the, the new Thor, in Thor Love and Thunder, because I think that uh, Natalie Portman at the time left the MCU feeling like she got kind of a raw deal because she's a big name that they brought her and they sold a lot of tickets like based off of the fact that she was in it and she never really got to do anything super special in it. She was just kind mm-hmm. of a... <laughs> not well used and so now she's getting a chance to finally like many years later finally like do it um and that's gonna be fun that's gonna be kind of cool uh no way home same thing andrew garfield buckets of fucking redemption right for like feeling like he didn't get you know, he didn't get to do like something really good because yeah. he acted his ass off in that movie, like for real in the dramatics and in the comedics, like he did a really good job. But yeah, there was a lot of like redemptive, uh, like fan redemptive, like fan arcs, meaning like, Oh, it's nice to have closure on this thing. Finally, Willem Dafoe got to act as Goblin without the mask on, which was a thing the fans didn't like. And then we see all these Spider-Men together talking about – they talked about uh, the fact that 
uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man shot the webs out of his hands, which was like a thing that fans have spoken about for 20 years. I like that idea of like fan, you know, of like the the redemption redemption arcs, but in a meta sense, where like something that you feel is a historical injustice for like a movie gets to gets to gets a make good all these years later. I mean, I guess so. And like I said on the pod, I was kind of like, I'm not sure what this show was really supposed to do or what it's supposed to be for, but I'm definitely going to give it, I I haven't watched the latest episode because I didn't have time before we started recording this, but I'll watch it tomorrow night. But anyway, kind of back to Obi-Wan. So Mm -hmm. Disney put out that tweet about basically, this is Moses Ingram and you better be nice to her because you know, you, you can't be racist and be a Star Wars fan. And then Ewan Ewan McGregor came out with that video and it's like, okay, what, what are you addressing here? Like what, it almost feels like you're trying to make fetch happen. Like you're trying to create a controversy to boost this show that apparently doesn't need boosting in the first place. But it's like, I, but it, it, again, it goes back to that thing where like anything, like pick, pick anything, like pick I don't know, like a basket of kittens. I can find you like 20 people shitting on a basket of kittens. Like you, if you want to sit there and try to find people to sort of bolster a narrative that, oh, this thing is happening in the fandom and here's this handful of rando people that nobody knows and they have like 200 followers and they said this thing because you want to create a certain story because you want to push a certain narrative. And this is even happening now with Bradley Cooper because apparently he's playing Leonard Bernstein in a movie. And Kill of me. course, this was, a, <laughs> and th- yeah, that was recently. Cause yeah, now we're in my lane. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, are you offended? <laughs> <laughs> Cause this happened with Helen Mirren too. Cause she played Golda Meir in a movie and there was this whole thing about, is it okay that she's not Jewish? And I was like, and the same thing with Leonard Bernstein, cause they were like, oh, they're putting all makeup on him to make him look like a Jew. No, they're making him look like Leonard Bernstein. If you're saying, yeah. if, in a way, it's la- it's sort of weirdly latently anti-Semitic to say that they're making him look like a Jew because what you're implying is that Leonard Bernstein looked like a stereotypical Jew. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of what you're implying by saying that. Um, and I, at the time, about Helen Mirren said that to me the, the the Judaism of her actress was exceptionally irrelevant because it's the story of an Israeli leader in Israel, not the story of how someone was Jewish. Even then, it wouldn't matter. Fucking Ben Kingsley plays one of the most amazing Jewish performances of all time in Schindler's List, and he is not even remotely Jewish at all, and it doesn't matter. Like, it's not, it, it's not, it's acting. I mean, whatever, that's the cliche, you know, that's a cliche of it. And yeah, you know what, if you think it's special, like, you know, if you, th- and also is Adrian Brody Jewish? I don't know. Maybe he might be. I'm not sure. Because okay. he's in, he's in Polanski's The Penis. He's a main actor in Polanski's The Penis. He's, he's really good in it. Despite the fact that it's a Polanski movie, it's, it's a good movie. But, uh, um, I, I I get the I get the I get the idea of like maybe wanting to go the extra mile and saying like oh this person actually is a, a grandson of a Holocaust survivor will play the whatever but it's not 
it doesn't it doesn't have to be that. If that's the creative choice, cool. If you think Bradley Cooper is the person to play this and you want to put him in lots of makeup, that's I'm totally fine with that. Like that's it's so weird to me that people get hung up on that shit. Well, that's the thing. People don't get hung up on that shit. It's people who need to meet a deadline and crank out a piece and get it published. So, again, you go on the Internet and you find, I mean, even the the Bernstein piece, I think they cited two tweets that had, like, no engagement. And, again, on the on the whole Moses Ingram thing, I'm like, okay, people keep citing these comments from rando people. Like, okay, rando people say dumb shit on the Internet all the time. I think it was actually Keiko, Keiko in Boston, who – pointed out the other day because she had made a whole very long, very nuanced tweet thread about sexuality and how you identify sexually and all of that. And that there's always going to be some people who basically respond to like long thought out stuff like that. Like who gives a shit? And, And she pointed out that like part of posting on the internet is having to deal with reply guys or reply gals who are working through their own shit by posting on your tweets and so, yeah, you always you, you can find you yeah, can that, find anything to support a particular narrative that you want to push. You can nutpick. It's not this that is, hard. Yeah, I know. That's why I got mad that uh, that t- twice, two separate times, Nina Jankowitz tried to pull that shit with me in the middle of an argument. Like I got death threats, and I was like, I know, and I did too, and I wasn't a f- high-ranking DHS official, and so. It, that doesn't mean that they're good, but like, don't like stop. Don't do that. Like I also suffer from that shit. Like I understand. I, and I'm, I'm weirdly, I'm able to somehow contend with it. And the, the, the internet, the way the internet is structured means there will always be like a non zero number of people who will be disgusting and racist. And, and there's also no good analytics on this. Meaning if you find some tweet that says, oh my God, they cast some black woman as the new inquisitor and this sucks, fuck her. And it has like 3000 likes. Okay, let's say. You don't know who the people who likes this are. If they even like Star Wars at all, if they're potential customers, if they're previous customers, they might be people who have do not have now or will ever have any influence on your brand or your bottom line and you're making you're getting the star of your show to make a fucking video about them what's what are you thinking like that's the that's the trophy that's do do they not everybody uses the word troll so much they they're forgetting what the fucking origin of the word is a troll is someone who would who like this is like ah look at my works and despair <laughs> i am ozymandias right it's like i it's like i sent her one fucking racist instagram message and then you and mcgregor made a fucking video about it that's like they're basking in the sunlight of that it's like that that image from the end of uh of uh the shawshank redemption where Tim Robbins is just standing on this, the, the rain is falling on him and he's like, I'm free. It's just, you're like, you're giving them the biggest prize. And it, 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 that's so odd to me. Like if there was some kind of Star Wars podcast or some kind of fan convention that said a thing, but it's like, 
you're, you don't even know if these people like Star Wars at all that you're like making a video about them. Like I couldn't believe that. I was like, Jesus, you're, this is so tryhardy. But it's mutually beneficial because like, okay, so the trolls get attention. You get attention for responding to the trolls. It's like this vicious, mutually beneficial cycle. It's like, just you can stop this by simply just not responding to fuckwits who make comments on the internet. Like, okay, if somebody doesn't even have an Abby, if your first name, last name, bunch of numbers, you do not matter on the internet. I'm sorry to everybody whose first name, last name, bunch of numbers, but no, I'm sorry. You're not getting cited in a news article. And look, it's tough. Getting that shit is tough. And even people that I really dislike, when I see them talk about getting tons of abuse, even like a Taylor Lorenz, right? The one thing that I understand is uh, how much that sucks. That In isolation, right? Even if you're a terrible person, the act of having lots and lots of people put you down at the same time and in a place where like you're, you're almost tempted to look at, you're kind of incentivized to peek. You got that quote tweets number just staring you at the face. Like just click on this, you motherfucker. You know, you want to, but just fucking don't. Like, I don't know. I know. No, no, I know. I'm just saying on some level I get, I get that that really sucks. I'm just saying, like in isolation, I get it. And so if the act, and so even if the actress goes on Instagram and says like, this really sucks, look at this fucking bullshit. But I'm saying like, it needs to be, that's how she should frame it. She should say, I'm getting so much love from fans because she is, if I can see it, she can see it too, Mm -hmm. right? If she, you know what I mean? Like if I see a ton of praise for her and people glad that she was cast and people who like how she acts in it, then she is also seeing that. And so she can say, I'm getting lots of love and it's really sad. Look at this crap and look what someone, even in a popular show, look at me, I'm in star Wars or whatever. Look, even someone like me, look at the crap I still have to deal with. And that sucks. And we should be better than that. Like frame it like that. Don't you're putting them on a pedestal. I don't know. Like it feels like I said, it feels empowering. If somebody's aim is to troll specifically, is to it's not someone who cares because there is critics. People are critical of her character. People are overly critical of a lot of things in the new Star Wars that I think they shouldn't be. We we're talking about people who have reflexively come out against uh, young Leia's sassiness, even though that's like literally Princess Leia's like biggest yeah. character trait is the fact that she's sassy. And, but people people have their like uh, they get triggered by like their their girl boss spidey sense kind of goes off and it's I get it right but it's fine it's not over like I, they're not wrong to be on alert but the, you know there's like there's the false positives as I called it like you you sometimes you sometimes you're you go like uh oh but it's actually fine in that one instance yeah. I I didn't think I didn't think that her character was bad or she, she was bad in it. I kind of liked the idea that, um, I kind of liked the idea that she was like super ruthless and focused and whatever. Um, but the problem with 
putting the, the trolls on a pedestal like that is that some of the people who are just being regular ass critical of her feel atta- feel attacked, feel like they're being drawn into the circle because they they kind of do imply that most of the criticism is racial when it isn't. You know, it's r- regular ass Star Wars nerds being mad about everything. And that's, I'm not excluding me from that, by the way. <laughs> and I mean, you get that in basically all media now, like especially pop culture, where you can't really criticize a black character because now you're going to sound like you're racist. And I don't, right now, I don't love Briva. Like, I, I think it's a little over the top, but I'm reserving judgment because maybe there will be something revealed in later episodes that explains why she is the way she is. And then it'll, I'll understand it. Like, and also, I'm not, like, it's Star Wars. I'm not here for, like, three-dimensional, super-nuanced characters where I'm going to find out their entire interior life. It's fucking Star Wars, people. Like, come on now. But, yeah, it's just, the whole thing, to me, just feels like Disney trying to do something that just, I, I don't really understand why they're trying to lean into this. And it, it almost feels like kind of, the evolution of, again, sort of like the brands, air quotes again, evolving into what the media has kind of started as far as trying to push certain narratives or kind of propagate certain things and feeling like you have to participate in something. And so now Disney's like, oh, we put this black character in a movie or not a movie, but a TV show. And now some people said something about it. And it's like, if I were Moses Ingram, I would choose to platform like I'm sure the 90% of Star Wars fans who are praising her and praising her character and all of that. Like I would platform that and basically just show like, OK, there is this vocal minority. Nobody gives a shit. Everybody likes me, whatever. But it's it's leaning into this whole idea that there are people who, again, like. I don't even know if these people genuinely even watch Star Wars, care about Star Wars, even really genuinely care about if she's black or not. It's just like you want to post shit on the Internet. You want to be a shit poster. And now you're elevating shit posters like don't do that. Don't elevate the shit posters. You're only encouraging them. Stop. But it's I I just I don't know. The whole thing just felt weird and very like corporate engineered to me i mean and and of course it's disney like everything's corporate engineered let's keep it real but yeah it just felt like almost like they were trying to lean into trying to make like a racial controversy happen for promotion for the show and i'm like okay that's kind of gross really like okay that's it's like corporations doing the pride thing is one thing like okay like if you want to like make all of the chips and chips ahoy rainbow colors i don't really give a shit like i don't understand people who get particularly torqued about that one way or the other i'm like whatever it's cookies i don't give a fuck but like stuff like this and there are some topics that come up especially when you're talking about pride month and especially pride parades that are a little more hefty and a little more significant and i'm thinking about like especially in San Francisco this year, um, London Breed has said that 
cops cannot march in uniform in pride parades. And somebody brought up, like, can you imagine if you told gay people 30 years ago that cops would be banned from marching in uniform? They would look at you like you had lost your fucking mind. And it's like, there's situations like that. And of course, there are conversations about what is and is not permissible in pride parades anymore. And this kind of does go to the corporatization of pride, where a lot of sort of organizers of pride parades are kind of trying to sort of whitewash the parades and kind of make them more family friendly. And a lot of yes, the the kink, the kink at pride uh, debate. Yes. Um, and I mean, uh, I, you know, way, way in years past, I this was something that I had always wondered. I had always sort of, I, I sort of genuinely was always curious about this, about the idea of like whether or not it was smart, or whether or not that was something that the 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 LGBT community wanted. The idea of like associating the idea of being openly gay with like wearing gold boy shorts you know what i mean and nothing and roller skates you know what i mean like and, and it's i'm not like i'm not that's fine not that there's anything wrong with that you know <laughs> the seinfeld episode but that's what the debate is about the debate is about whether or not kink at pride whether or not associating pride parades with the idea of like fl- being flamboyantly gay is somehow like delegitimizing the movement. That's the debate. I do. I, I don't know where I fall on that because I don't know. You look at like the Israel day parade, like Israeli people don't normally walk around covered in Israeli flags with their face painted like Israel. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's a parade, like you're, it's a, you know, you're, Parades are all like big and loud and colorful, and like the Macy's Day Parade is also big and 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 uh, high, you know an ultra exaggerated version of everything, and so it doesn't th- th- feel sort of like I get like I I, I kind of get both sides, I, I guess. I I understand where the older LGBTQ people are coming from because I mean the origins of Pride and the origins of Pride Parade were to celebrate alternate sexuality. And so part of that was displaying alternate sexuality. And so you did have people in leather gear. You have people in various states of, of undress. You had a lot of sexual imagery, stuff like that, because, I mean, you're celebrating your sexuality. And I, I can kind of understand how they feel when you see people kind of like stripping down what it was down to like almost like a corporate version of being like, oh, it's just about gay people and look they have families now and like you saw a lot of this also when Pete Buttigieg was running for president and a lot of backlash against him from like the older gay community because they view him as like a sellout because like okay you you joined the establishment you got married and now you have kids and it's like it's viewed as kind of like like a sellout like okay you you bought into cis heteronormative lifestyle and like it's it's weird. Like I, I can uh, understand he's in, where he's they're in coming head, from, but he's in head face. <laughs> yes, like well, I mean, they, that's how they look at it. Like, oh, look at this motherfucker. He he graduated and he went to work for Raytheon, or I think it was Raytheon. I forget one of the 
one of the defense companies, and then he went into politics, and he got married, and now he's got kids, and he's got a house. Oh, he was in he was in McKinsey. Uh, uh, Pete, there we go. I believe, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, there was a whole controversy during the primaries where it was like, what clients did he work for? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the the thing that I don't understand about this, uh, again, this this idea of using uh, controversy as a promotional tool is, one, are there any instances where it worked? It's at, because at this point, it's perceived by people as a sign that something – that they're afraid that something won't be good. And so they're kind of – it's almost like they're pre-writing an excuse like, oh, it got attacked by racist trolls and it got review bombed and that's why it was bad. When they kind of know that the reason that it's like they know in advance it's going to be bad. But I, I don't feel like that's what's going on here. It is the it is the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, you know, that I and I know how much fans, you know, waited for it. I don't know why they decided to to highlight it in the way that they did. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Ultimately, I don't think in this case it's really going to matter. I mean, it it might piss off some of the fandom because you're basically trying to insinuate that they're racist, that they have an issue with black characters. But it is also kind of sort of trying to I, – I hate saying like pander to your in crowd, but it is kind of like – you're, you're trying to show that you are sensitive to a thing that may or may not actually be happening because you know certain people want you to react in a certain way. Kind of like the Ben and Jerry situation. Like, okay, they pulled out of the West Bank. Like, okay, the only people that are going to give a shit about whether they pulled out of the West Bank are people that care about the West Bank. Like, you're, you're not really going to be affecting anybody who doesn't know or care about that situation but it, it sends a signal to the people who do and so that's why you do that and now another element of this that we didn't bring up again is uh, is something that a lot of people uh tweeted in response to this stuff by star wars is uh, how they like edited edited john boyega out of star wars posters in china and they amended the Black Panther poster mm-hmm. in China to have him. He, he has his helmet on in it so that it's not a black Obviously guy in it. Black. Yeah. yeah. There's also some whisperings that a Boyega's character was kind of downplayed in the sequels. Whereas because it's it really does feel if you watch The Force Awakens again, I'm still, by the way. I still I, I've spoken about this before about uh, how subsequent movies can ruin and we spoke about this on the on the pod this week about how a, a bad sequel can like ruin a movie you know like a movie that I liked because it has a bad sequel and Force Awakens like that I still will defend it on its own as a a, a well executed soft reboot that's essentially like a retread of the original in a certain that that opens the door to like a different path that the story can go in and it really does feel like they're setting Finn up to be like a second protagonist who will also become like a Jedi he does he does the lightsaber thing in it and whatever and then something happens something weird happens and Boyega was none too happy about the direction that his character took in it 
And yeah, there's a lot of whisperings that maybe that was one of the reasons because there was no reason for them to do that. Like it wasn't that he was unpopular. He was super popular. Yeah. People loved his character. Yeah. And he was also, by the way, the subject of an early example of the, these like outrage cycles about the black stormtrooper. Oh, there's going to be a black stormtrooper and people are furious. Stephen Miller, Stephen L. Miller, not not, uh, not horrible, not, not horrible not the, white, not supremacist. white supremacist. Yeah, Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller red no. Yes, red, red Steve, Stephen L. Miller. Uh, had a whole thing about the Black Stormtrooper. He did a whole uh, detailed look into that whole ma- manufactured out of whole cloth controversy. Yeah. All of the sources that were used to push this huge uh, story that there was a Black Stormtrooper where people were very, very mad about it and it was all fucking horse shit, right? The, the thing that always happens that I think they try to use as that is that there are people out there where every time, every time some new character in a franchise is a woman or some minority, someone will always say, oh, look, it's going to be woke now, right? There's always that person. Again, it's the internet. There's always, there's a non-zero amount of everyone. And, but that's a generic that's generic complainy guy who is woke, who's paranoid about wokeness and sees it everywhere. Unless like the guy they cast is like literally like a white guy, right? Yeah, but then what happens is that person gets elevated because it, it, it's clickbait. Like you write the article, it's clickbait. You're like, oh my God, look at all these people who are just so mad about Reva being black. And like, it's like nobody's mad about it. But to kind of lighten the mood, every time somebody talks about a black stormtrooper, all I can think about is space balls and how yes. that we ain't found shit. Now. We, we ain't, ain't found, found shit. shit. You're right, by the way. <laughs> the fact because it's a, because he's using an afro pick, that would have been yeah. very problematic now because <laughs> instead of a comb, he has an afro pick. And their, uh, their helmets are like noticeably bigger than everybody else's helmets. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Or like the jive, the jive scene from Airplane. There's a lot of those old comedy things that like everybody thinks are funny and not done in a in a in a sort of a denigrating way. It's like it's it's just fu- it's just like funny because he says comb the desert, and so there's a comb, They're but there's also the yes, desert. but there's also another kind of comb that people know about, which is an Afro pick. Anyway, it's like that's. I, it's it's to me it's funny that like jokes need to be explained like that, but I, I, it does feel like today. I mean, I know some people don't want to. Some people like are not interested in an explanation. They think that something should be off the rec, you know, off limits, and that's it. But there are some people who literally like do not understand, you know, like that a certain joke is not racist or bigoted. Even if it like uses that as its like as its basis, I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. that. Like my favorite example is the example of the joke that goes, uh, "It's a it's a quote unquote Holocaust joke, right?" And mm-hmm. so somebody who thinks all Holocaust jokes are bad would find this joke offensive, when in reality it's actually really profound. It's funny and profound. And the Holocaust is merely the subject of the joke, not the object of the joke. And the joke goes like this. 
uh, this Jewish guy dies and goes to heaven and he meets God. And God says to him, hey, do you know any good Holocaust jokes? And the guy says, yeah. And he tells him a Holocaust joke. And God says, I don't get it. And the guy says, eh, you had to be there. <laughs> right? And so, like, yes, it's a joke about the Holocaust. But it is but it is actually kind of like a profound rumination about Because that's, that's yeah. the thing in Judaism. There's this whole, I mean, it, it's a major exactly. discussion of modern Judaism is like, where was God during the Holocaust? Yeah, but they, like, it's literally joking that, like, God wasn't there. Yes, and that is, and, and, and a lot of people who, like, lost their faith during the, because of the Holocaust, you know, because yeah. there were Holocaust survivors, that was the, the thing was, like, wait. Like, that's the joke, yeah. Yeah, and you so, be there. right, and so it's not, you're not making fun of the Holocaust, right? You're actually using it, like, uh, or the, here, I'll give you another example, right? And I, I can, that's, uh, I'm using my, I'm pulling my Jew card here. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the famous joke, like, there, so there's a, an old joke that, that, that goes, what's worse than finding a worm in your apple? Finding half a worm in your apple, right? That's sort of <laughs> like a super old joke for kids. And then there's a, like a, a play on that in Israel was always what's worse than finding a worm in your apple, the Holocaust, right? <laughs> now the, again, you're not, the, the joke only works because we both understand that the Holocaust is the worst thing that's ever happened. Right. That's it. That's by the way, that's before memes were like a picture on the internet with text on it. That's what a meme meant. It meant that the Holocaust was like a synecdoche for like the, the replacement for like the worst thing that's ever happened, quote yeah. unquote. And when you say the Holocaust in this context, you understand that like, yes, obviously the Holocaust was worse than the thing because it's worse than everything. Right. Yeah. And so, and that's the difference between, okay. So, okay. Here's a, here's a good example. Uh, JD, we're going to go to you in one second. Cause we're, we're also kind of like, uh, Again, towards the end here, we got kind of blabby. But Ethan Klein of H3H3 got in a little bit of trouble because he uh, went on his show and said that people should go bomb the NRA, and he got banned from Twitch for a week. And then he went on Twitter and, and then he went on Twitter and mocked Greg Abbott for being paralyzed and said, "Ha ha! It's because God hates you. Fuck you. You're in a wheelchair. LOL." You know, like literally that stuff. Yeah. And so, and, and that, you want to talk about the difference between like a joke, because there are, again, you can tell jokes about being in a, people in wheelchairs who are comics will tell jokes about their life in a wheelchair. Like it's a thing that yeah. can, can be made fun of, but pointing and laughing at somebody and saying, ha ha, you're paralyzed because God hates you. And fuck you. Like, that's not, I like edgy humor, but that, that's not, that's not what that is. That's not what edgy humor is, you know? Like Anthony Jeselnik, who like is, a, is the king of like horrible one, like he, he tells like the darkest, darkest jokes, but they're jokes. Like he said, he has a joke where he said like, I got a puppy and uh, the first time I left it alone at home, that fucker like tore up all of my furniture and he pissed on the rug and then he died of starvation. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
That's awful. But it's but the thing is like it's again it's an ex, it's like an expectation subversion joke, right? It 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 he says a thing and then it repaints everything he said up to that point differently, and that's the reason that it's funny. Again, engine comedy has a has a has like mechanics to it it's not just like it, when you think about it like the really good comedians by the way our comedians also understand this and can like talk about it people like louis ck colin quinn uh norm mcdonald people who can like anal like exp- when you get them out of character for five minutes can actually yeah. explain like why jokes are funny yeah um, why they work yes and i've heard them all talk about comedy in that kind of analytical way and yeah that's not like there's there are there are ways to take touchy subjects and make them funny and yeah like wanting somebody to feel awful because of their disability is not one of them no yeah anyway let's uh let's take jd uh because uh, and then we can kind of wrap it up because we're we're right at the end of our show uh yeah. jd good evening Ah, my uh, my my lead up wasn't long enough. <laughs> I still surprised you. I was about to say, did you mash the button right? <laughs> How's it going, guys? All right. Good. Um, yeah. So, kind of going back since um, I guess both topics like Pride Month and the whole black controversy with uh, Rava kind of go into each other. I feel like a lot of times, and you guys have brought this up. Um, people try to invent problems that might have not existed if they didn't talk about it. Just kind yeah, of like the self self fulfilling prophecy, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, you guys have mentioned this before on the main pod. Kind of like everything that goes on in the world, America tries to put itself as the center of everything. So the war in Ukraine can be explained because America and blah blah blah. So, yeah, but going, the true form of American exceptionalism. Yes, yeah. I also saw. Was it you who said in chat that like all of the companies now uh, scrap their like Ukraine logos for <laughs> LGBT logos? And I was like, sorry, Ukraine. I'll see you July first. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let's hope Kiev's still there. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you later. Do you have any gay people we can promote? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you guys know, there is a WNBA player who is currently being held in Russia. Her name's mm-hmm. like Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner. Yeah, Brittany yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was an article like right when the war started when she was like, you know, they wouldn't let her leave. And it was mm-hmm. like, once again, on the battleground of democracy, we see black women at the center of it. And it's like, what are you even talking about? It's like, yeah, she happens to be African-American and she happens to be, you know, detained in Russia right now. But I don't think that has anything to do with the war in Ukraine. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, I, I, I'm starting to call this chip on shoulderism. It's in many different areas, but it's the idea, like you said, that uh, some people have such a racial uh, chip on their shoulder that they'll just see a thing like that and go like, ah, ah, see, see. 
Uh, and uh, with the Brittany Griner thing, there were a couple of things like that. First of all, people said, why isn't this a big story? And then it came out that it was deliberately her family and the State Department were like, let's not make this a big story because then Russia can like start making like big demands for exchange and we actually want to do this low key. And so all this outrage was misplaced. And then there was this idea of like, she's been there three weeks because there was some kind of prisoner exchange that happened and she mm -hmm. wasn't part of it. People said, oh, see, the black woman or whatever. And at that time, like, she was detained for three weeks or something. And the guy that they swapped for was in prison, actual Russian prison for, like, two years already. And so, it, yeah, it was this idea of, like, I, I understand that that's, like, that you – it's obviously bad that she's still there. But, like, this guy was in a way worse situation than, than her. And so, yeah, maybe it was more urgent to bring him back. Like, there's a lot of stuff that is also, like, not in the public knowledge that goes on in these kinds of situations. And so, yeah, jumping on the route and saying, like, something like that is not helping. Well, and, and yeah, it's like it's – go uh, ahead. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, probably one of my favorite things that I saw. So Elon's – partner i guess grimes that yeah. canadian model actress yeah. whatever sure um apparently like a dress that she wore to the oscars or some event she was auctioning it off and it said that the proceeds would go to help bipoc people in ukraine, ukraine. So black indigenous people of color and so i responded and it's like i don't know how many colored people live in ukraine there was a but wouldn't the indigenous yeah, but wouldn't the indigenous people in Ukraine be, checks notes, Ukrainian? Yes. Yeah. There was a lot. It was funny. Kiev, all kinds of Kiev and Rus people were saying, like, maybe the Mongols? I don't know. Like, who, who are they like, talking about? Like, kind of the whole point of this war is about who is indigenous to Ukraine. Are they Ukrainians? Which is, yes, but... Yeah, yeah, it was Ukrainian funny. Uh, Ukraine. It was it was kind of uh, it was kind of funny that uh, in the Northman in the movie The Northman, uh, yeah, there is a point where like a uh, 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 like a title card appears that says like something Kievan Rus because that's where he ends up. He ends up in like the lands of Kievan Rus, and it's yeah. like oh, topical. <laughs> this is to <laughs> this is topical. Um, and yeah, like uh, like you said. Uh, 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 drumming up controversies that uh, very well could have just not even gotten any kind of oxygen. It's like, yeah, you're, 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 you're throwing fuel on a little ember that might've just gone off, like gone out on its own. But it is all, this all happens because it's a completely symbiotic relationship between the people who are trying to start shit and the people who are trying to platform shit because they want to make it into a big deal because then that then you can write an article for vice or whatever and then you get the clicks and then somebody pays you and then it's like it's 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 a vicious cycle of and this all started and I can I, I, I can climb up on a soapbox about how Gawker ruined media but that's a little beyond the scope of tonight but yeah I mean it's this whole sort of it's it's the idea of clickbait journalism and how Basically, you have journalists who, again, I mean, I, I, I am sympathetic. I understand how much you get paid for a freelance article. Like, I've been there. I understand the grind. I understand the deal. I understand 
deadlines. I understand the pressures of being able to write something that gets you clicks, but then it ends up in this situation where you're just like scouring Twitter for like three tweets so that you can make this one story so you can get paid like a hundred dollars for 10 hours of work. Like I get it, but it's also like a bullshit sort of situation. And it's created a lot of just really ugly incentives in media, especially when you're covering things like media or culture or online culture or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I think, uh, I think on that note, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of wrap things up. Um, thanks for listening. Um, we're going to be back on our regular time Monday with ambitious crossover attempt. Um, and yeah, Jen, I guess where can people find it? I don't know if there's anything else to say in summation <laughs> other than let's uh, let's plug the things and uh, and go to bed. <laughs> okay, so obviously our main pod, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, you can find that on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon, Amazon slash Audible, all of your different podcast catchers. Um, you can find it on Twitter at AMBXOver. Um, obviously you know where to find all crossed out because you're here. So you can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at jenmonroe.substack.com. Yay, I'm Neon Taster on Twitter and also youtube.com slash C slash Neon Taster and twitch.tv slash Neon Taster. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Jen. Uh, thank have a you good know. night. Bye. Good night. Good night, y'all.